will fix you. Hello, and welcome to We Will Fix You, the podcast that does a sassy walk past you, looks back a bit, and you think it's looking you up and down, and you might get lucky, but no, it's just checking out your cute dog. And tonight, why not check out with myself, Mr. Roger Hart, the shy, retiring country curate of your local black tar and skull-fucking cult. Mr. Dave Convery, the party necromancer. Good evening. And H.J. Doom, the third class tweet inspector. Yep, yep, and I, I have to yep, say, at yep, my level, it is almost entirely racist and homophobic abuse, so much like every other level of tweet inspector. It's a terrible cross to bear. Yes. And if you have a cross you would like to bear with assistance of others. Why not write to us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com or in the little anonymous internet form at hauntedphonograph.com. One such person, one, one other person, has, has written to us today. What delights. They write about hobbies. From time to time, they ask. When it takes my amusement, I somehow manage to become obsessed with the most mundane of articles and processes. As a child, it manifested as an obsession with collecting bus tickets, my prize being an Ulster bus gold liner ticket, of which I had only one. I was fortunate enough to be able to collect this ticket when in the north of Ireland for a holiday around the middle of July in 1992. We visited at least four whole tourist attractions, including, but not limited to, Barry's of Portrush. After riding the bumper cars there, we crossed the Tarmacadam Road to eat at the Golden Sands restaurant. More recently, this obsession has manifested in me collecting photography of manhole covers. No, not, not butt plugs. Actual things that cover holes in the street. I do wish one of these hobbies would stick long enough for me to become genuinely good at it. Please help. H.J. Do. I often find helpful in these situations to try and get a sense of perspective. It's always worth remembering that on a cosmological scale, your existence is so brief as to be fundamentally meaningless. The universe gone fine without your input for 3.4 billion years and it'll be equally fine once your tiny, inconsequential life is snuffed out forever. When you look at things from that perspective, whether or not you learn to play the piano, paint watercolours, turn up to work, or dress yourself is all pretty much equally pointless. Will the world end if you fail to stick to a hobby? Yes. Will the world end if you devote all of your free time to getting good at table tennis? Also yes. The grave yawns before us with the promise of complete oblivion, rendering everything we do as worthless as calling into Nigel Farage's radio show for a sensible chat. Even while you're still alive, it can be helpful to put your concerns in context. At any moment, there are around 7 billion people living on this planet. And statistically speaking, none of them are thinking about you. Even you, the person most likely to be thinking about you at any given time, you spend around a third of your life asleep and another third of your life at work. 
fixing your problem means I should be thinking about you, but I'm frequently being distracted by thoughts of cheese sandwiches and wondering when the world at large will realise Mrs Brown's boys is an abomination. Given that neither of us can be bothered to think about you much, does it really matter whether your hobbies are a little bit offbeat and you lack commitment? What I'm trying to say is that we as a society place an absurd value on being good at things in every arena except politics. There's absolutely nothing wrong with dabbling in a bunch of different pastimes and getting good at precisely none of them. You can't squander a life that doesn't have any value in the first place. I say lean into your lack of focus. People feel like it'll be comforting to be able to look back on a life of achievements on their deathbed, but the chances are you'll either be in too much pain for real introspection or hopelessly cognitively compromised by the various mental illnesses endemic to later life. Frank Sinatra may have sung about having a few regrets, but when the time came, he was too ravaged by repeated heart attacks and dementia to care one way or the other if he did it his way or anyone else's way. All human endeavour is meaningless, and learning the sitar is no more valuable than sitting on your sofa watching reruns of Friends and taking a shot of vodka every time a joke is dated very badly. If you do it more than once, and it costs you money, it's technically a hobby. I think what people really want from a hobby is less an actual experience and more something to talk about during those opening few hours of a social gathering when everyone is within shouting distance of sober and pretending to take an interest in each other's lives. Hobbies provide a slightly less tedious topic of forced conversation than work or family, and so their value ends up being artificially inflated. Fortunately, it's trivially easy to get around that by simply turning up two hours late and already pissed. By this point, most people would have ceased to pretend to take an interest in each other and moved on to the poisonous soup of ignorance, xenophobia and barely concealed lust that constitutes the shindig phase of the evening. So, in summary, there's no sensible reason to worry about whether your hobbies are worthwhile or indeed to get out of bed in the morning. Just let the wretchedness of the world wash over you and stop trying to fight it. Enjoy your manhole covers for what they are, a momentary distraction from the horror of an existence soon to be snuffed out forever. I think that's very, I think that's very apposite. And I, I, I sort of, I agree with quite a lot of it, especially your sort of, your diagnosis of, of, of hobbies. I, I see them as things we start off doing because we think they're cheaper than going to the pub and then end up doing as an excuse to go to the pub, just merely with an additional group of hobby doer friends all come together to go to the pub as soon as our more culturally and emotionally dulled colleagues or relatives get all judgmental about the self-medication we require to blot out the reality of human life in the last decade or so. And that's to say nothing of surviving the next few years as we all starve in drowned cities, cowering from the blood-harvesting drones of the life-prolonged super-rich and their murderous eight-cocked crisper babies. But, you know, I, I digress. Um, crucially, though, you're, you're doing hobbies wrong. You haven't mentioned getting shit-faced once. Um, developing all of the actual focus that hobbyists espouse, but burning too briefly and too bright. Losing interest and moving on. Um, you, you're, you're doing hobbies briefly and intensely, and rather than going drinking, moving on to the next early phase. You're not, as some tossers would say, a completer finisher. But crucially, crucially, you also haven't really asked us a question, and this, this, this makes me tingle slightly. I smell a rat. 
If you're rotating through hobbies at this rate, then presumably you either already have a full roster of pub friends to provide you with an excuse to self-medicate out of the realisation of the grim reality of, of modern life, uh, with whom you can nominally talk bus tickets or macrame or sewer maps, but actually just get shit-faced. Or, or, you're up to something else. Which, which kind of brings me to the hobbies you've listed. Bus tickets, manhole covers, or things that imply but don't prove that you were in a place at a time. All things meticulously preserved, like a trail of evidence. Alibis, if you will. Flimsy ones as well. No wonder you're asking for help with becoming genuinely good at it. The police must be halfway up your front drive right now, with tear gas and a floor plan of your basement. And all you've got is a bus ticket from 1992. You're fucked, Milado. No, you're in, you're in for a long spell at Her Majesty's pleasure at this rate, Sonny, and all with, what, only two or three confirmed kills? It's amateur hour. I bet you didn't even pay the plumber who did your wet room bathroom in cash, did you? Sloppy, very sloppy. Um, look, there are, there are a few things you could do here. We, we all know what's, what's happening. You could, you could work on your forensic awareness, or travel in disguises, or, or this is quite trendy and quite modern, but you will need it as, as, as machine learning improves, kind of get really good at face paint that develops facial recognition makeup patterns, things that break up visual eye lines, maybe, maybe even, even disguises. Uh, there's always a stranger on a train type deal, I don't know. Um, I, I just... <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you, you've come to us, though, and you've come to us in, in, in such a lame way. I mean, you, there's, you haven't even talked about the distraction from your hobbies of the delight of looking into those fear-wide eyes and that sort of creeping thought that maybe this time you'll let them go, and of course you never do. I, I actually think, I think you want to get caught. I think you're secretly sick of the blood and the hair congealed in the plug hole. I think you're kind of wishing that you'd you'd have that bathroom done upstairs with, with a window and, and maybe a little table with some candles. It's a bit self-love and self-actualization, but it's, it's kind of nice. You get a reed diffuser, that's a thing people do when they're not picking the vertebrae out from the grouting. It's, it's, it's fine. And maybe that's why you wrote it. Maybe over time, actually, to an extent, the bus tickets and trinkets have edged towards becoming the point in and of themselves. So you could retrain in forensics, sure. Um, you could take the advice of the popular TV show Dexter. But maybe, just maybe, you could stop. Stop the killing and the senseless, if very sexy, waste of human life. And harness your ability to find delight in detail and compulsion by maybe setting up as, I don't know, the new Japanese Footbridge Instagram. If you've not seen that, it's delightful. It's Instagram slash Footbridge underscore JP. And it's just, just someone that takes pictures of really nice footbridges in Japan, and it has followers, and they say nice things. And what, what you do there is you get this sort of social encouragement with this mundanity. You take a picture of a nice manhole cover, and uh, don't try and get manhole covers as a web URL. I mean, you've already covered the implicit problems there, but you'll get this kind of motivating social love-sharing thing. You'll get some of the attention and the focus. Um, it won't give you quite the same high. It won't sort of take you into that totem phase. It, it won't sort of hold the attention and give you that brief frisson of feeling alive that you get when you realise you can make precisely the reverse happen to someone else. But, but, but it'll, it'll take you to an exciting place and provide you reinforcement. So I, I would say either get really good at what you're actually here to do and pay in fucking cash um, or take up Instagram. Spicy. Mr. Gondry.
So to my great embarrassment, I completely failed to address the murderous subtext of this question and have in fact addressed it relatively straightforwardly. For that, my apologies. But have you considered the fairly basic fact that the reason you stop doing these things is that you don't want to do them? An example from my own life. I used to play Warhammer, as many teenage boys from Britain did. But then that kid went and shat himself in Games Workshop and wouldn't leave. And I gave up because honestly, fuck that nonsense. And that's okay. Sometimes you don't want a hobby. Where part of the parcel of, of that hobby is that sometimes the people that you have to spend your weekends with will shit themselves and be very very clear and angry that, and, and, and dis distraught in protesting that they have not in fact shat themselves. If I wanted that, I would have children. So somewhat, sometimes someone takes a massive crap and if you are luckier than I am, it's metaphorical, but sometimes somebody takes a massive crap all over your hobby and you don't want to continue and that's okay. Sometimes the metaphorical Games Workshop punter dropping a liquid pant load on your hopes and dreams is you. Uh, if your hobby involves making something, particularly something like expressive, expressive like photography, as you've mentioned, then you've got to deal with the Dunning-Kruger curve. You've got to accept the fact that the stuff that you see in your head when you set out is not the stuff that you're going to be making for quite some time. You've got to get good, you've got to learn skills, and you've got to continually improve. And if you can't take delight in, in that process of improvement, then you're not gonna enjoy those sort of creative hobbies. Sometimes the kid in the shit-filled shoes is just plain boredom. If your hobby doesn't interest you enough to pursue it, if you can drop it that, that straightforwardly, it is not your hobby. It's just that thing you used to enjoy. You can stop doing it. You can dabble in it. You can do something else for a while and go back. It's okay. All of that is okay. None of it is a problem. You did round out your question by saying that you wanted to become genuinely good at that. In which case, why not treat the underlying skill as the issue? Like, becoming good at photography in general or filming is surely better than very, very specifically photographing manhole covers. You could look at self-teaching skills uh, on something like Skillshare. Hello, we're not sponsored by Skillshare, even though we're a podcast. You could take classes in the real world in related subjects. Maybe you want to share stuff, you want to learn a bit of web design, you can do all of that. It's always easiest to stick to something like this when you can see a clear progress. You can see yourself getting better and you're satisfied in the things that you're doing. So you could, for example, win a lot of regional painting contests with plans to go into a national competition right up to the exact fucking moment that some kids' turn-ups become the only thing between a particular branch of Games Workshop and a genuinely eye-watering carpet cleaning bill. As an aside, as, a, as the podcast official representative of Northern Ireland, I really have no fucking idea why you would want to get back into the bus ticket thing, but I can tell you with absolute certainty that Ulster Bus has not gone paperless. It's a wasteland out there. A little ray of hope for your ticket-collecting future from Mr. Convery. You're welcome. Isn't he nice? No. No. Now, with that succulent, moist device... Running all down our legs. All the way down. We will run like the fecal matter of that 
whippersnapper in the hobby store, run and dribble our way into the evening, leaving you to bask in the aroma of our wisdom. Ta-ta.